I'm Bob Main. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I'm hiding in Honduras. I'm a desperate man. Send lawyers, guns, and money. This shit has hit the fan. Welcome to episode 555, folks. This is a practical show done by a practical guy. That is me. And I want to mention that in studio with me right now, the great Ben Branham. I don't know if the great, but I'm here. And <laughs> You're we're, here. We're happy to be here. No on the road stuff. We're actually in your office. Yeah. No more Zoom crap. We actually get together. And, you know, the heck with COVID, here we are. Yeah, here we are. I mean, this is great to have you in studio. So I want to remind everybody this show is sponsored by Keepers Concealment, makers of, I think they're the leading authority, Ben, uh, on appendix inside the waistband. Spencer Keepers, did you attend that class with me at TACCON? I had a partial class from Spencer, like half an hour class, and I've talked to him a bunch of times. He is super smart. And really great at designing holsters. Yeah, and not only that, he's probably one of the leading authorities on how to train people how to use and draw and shoot from appendix carry. So check it out, keepersconcealment.com. He's also a CCW Safe affiliate. He's a pretty incredible shooter, too. Yeah, so he's, he's got incre- all the things. Yep, check that out. So you get a discount code KC10OFF by checking out keepersconcealment.com. So, Ben, I brought you here. All the way from your house to mine. Long drive, I think, right? All of 15 minutes. About 15 or 16 minutes. Anyway, I brought you here so that we could talk a little bit about constitutional carry. Uh, Most people in Texas know, and if you're not in Texas, or even if you're one of my international listeners, the great state of Texas became the 21st state to pass constitutional carry what that means is we don't need permission from the government anymore do we (laughs) i think it goes through september 1st officially there's always a delay on this stuff but you know ready for blood in the streets every traffic stop to turn into or a traffic argument to turn into a gunfight and i'm trying to think of what other oh i can't cuss Um, i was gonna say something very bad what other crap People are going to put out there and the media is going to put out there about the frenzy that's going to happen, except for we're the 21st state. We're the 21st state. And 20 yeah. times before us, they've said the same stuff and it just hasn't happened. People will be shooting each other over parking spaces, right? I got to admit, when I was a young, young, it wanted to be a police officer and Marine and stuff, I really thought people should take a bunch of training and get stuff done and make sure that they knew what they were doing because I came from a very limited perspective at first, the law enforcement perspective, and how badly law enforcement failed a lot of their gunfights. And then, you know, more and more states started passing all this stuff, and we see all these civilians getting in gunfights, and you know what? They're doing fine. And the amount of... Well, (laughs) there was one study out of Florida that said that Law enforcement commits crimes at a higher rate than actual CHL carriers do, concealed handgun carriers, in Florida at least. You know, it was a limited study and all that, but, you know, it's something to look at. So, well, imagine that. You know, when you let good guys do things, 
They do what good guys do. Well, you, if, yeah. If you're a good guy, you don't commit crimes. You don't hurt people, except for you to defend yourself. Imagine that. Whether Imagine that. you carry a gun or not, and you're a good person, you still do what good people do. Good guys producing good guy results. Yeah, and if you're a bad guy, it doesn't matter what the law is, you're going to do what bad guys do. You know, you got England as our look to see, you know, get rid of all the guns, and then all of a sudden knives were this huge issue, and now they're trying to get rid of all the knives, too. And, you know, bad guys do what bad guys do. They're criminals, uh, hence the definition, criminal. Yep. By the way, this is coming out on Father's Day. Ben, happy Father's ah, Day. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah. And a newer father you are now. Yes, yes, relatively, yeah. Some, <laughs> yeah. some, ado- okay. some, some stepchildren, I shouldn't call them uh, adopted, some stepchildren. So anyway, uh, getting back to constitutional carry. Yeah, we're the 21st state. The other 20 states, they don't seem to have a whole lot of problems. Do they? Not that I know of. I mean, the first two were Vermont. And Alaska, you had very, very different things to look at there. Different demographics. Vermont is a city compared to Texas. It's not even a big city in Texas, and or California. It's a large county stuff. Um, I don't even think it's a large county by maybe population and by landmass. But and then Alaska was this kind of weird thing on its own because there's so few people out there and so big an area, vast an area. But then we had other states that started to do it, and it just hasn't been a problem yet. No, it hasn't been an issue now. Texas is the most populated state to pass constitutional carry, but I don't think that's going to make any difference at all. And for people who may not know, constitutional carry, uh, at least the way the law is written here in, in Texas, if you're 21 years of age and you're not a convicted felon or otherwise prohibited from owning and carrying a gun, you can, starting September 1st, carry a gun with no permit. Only in the state of Texas. Which is good. But I also heard that the legislator, hopefully they, they signed it, was going to make it a zero cost to get a concealed carry license here in Texas. Well, that's great. So now, let's awesome. let's talk about a concealed carry license here in Texas. I've had one since a um, few months after I moved to Texas, way back when. And I'm going to continue to renew mine. And for a couple of reasons. The most important reason for me to renew my Texas license to carry is my reciprocity. We have reciprocity with, I think, 33 or 34 states. Which is great. I go to states that don't have it, which is a pain in the butt. But I do go to other states, like uh, I ended up in Arizona more than once, and uh, they have constitutional carry. So I didn't really need my license there. So 20 states... You don't need to go. <laughs> Actually, got to check all those states' laws because a couple of them, I think, there's one or two that say you have to be a resident of the state to actually carry. Yeah, handgunlaw.us. Keep checking that. I've had uh, the owner of that site on this podcast a couple of times, handgunlaw.us. I'll give him a, a free, free advertising plug, plug here. He does an amazing amount of work to keep yeah. up that site. and. It's so far, it's the best one out there that's actually kept up to date. There's all yeah. these books that come out, and there's a lot of stuff that's out there that's really was good when it was written. Yeah. But laws change every single year, everywhere. So you yeah. keep so, up. So the main reason, the main reason I'm going to keep my LTC is reciprocity. But the other reason, which Texas is, is kind of a unique state, there's maybe a few others, it's so much easier to buy a gun. There's when actually, you have an LTC. Yeah, I don't know how many states it is, but there's a bunch of them. Yeah. When you have your license to carry or your concealed handgun license or right. 
your CCW, whatever your state, whatever calls the it, name is, you don't have to go through the next the background check. check. You right. present yours, and that's that counts as your background check. Oh you my God, we're terrible! No stuff. background checks, right? Oh gosh, we had to do ten times as much background check to get no kidding. an LTC as you do to just buy a firearm. Yeah. So, well, you used to work in a, in a gun shop, so. How how extensive is that NICS check compared to what they check us out to give us an LTC? Oh, the NICS check, and in case you didn't know this, is just runs you against a database of people that are known to the FBI to be prohibited persons from owning a firearm. That's it. That is it. You are either on the list or you're not. And it should be that easy, but then there's same and similar. That's why we have delays and they have to do research and all this other crap. And so uh, if you go to buy a gun and you get delayed and you have to come back to get your gun, it's because there's some idiot out there with the same or like name as you and social security number committing crimes. Or because you have a problem you didn't say anything about. Well, that too. (laughs) But apparently the NICS check doesn't really work. Is that a big surprise to anybody? The last one of the last major shootings we had with an Air Force guy should have been prohibited. Air Force didn't bother to update their records with the FBI when... They ran him out of the Air Force as a felon, and he went and bought a gun and killed a bunch of people. Now, I have I have a theory, and I want you to tell me if I'm full of baloney or if I'm not full of baloney. Only half the time. Yeah, only <laughs> half the time. Not to be not to be a, con- a conspiracy theorists theorist. Excuse me. I think part of the reason for the Knicks check is so they can find out who's buying what gun and how many. Well, it's supposed to be in the law. I say supposed to be in the law that those records are destroyed right after they came in there. And I saw Bob roll his eyes because when the Knicks first started, the FBI decided, even against the law, that they were going to keep those records. And then, I forget who sued. I wish I knew the group and I would give them props. Sued the FBI for keeping that. And the FBI said, okay, we'll destroy it. Whether it was destroyed or not, you know, government conspiracies, all that crap... If it really goes away once it's digital, I don't know. But I do know that despite the law, because the law has always been since Nick started, that the records were going to be destroyed afterwards. And the FBI just said, um, they really, they. this is why law enforcement has a freaking problem in America. Because even though the law said you're gonna, we're supposed to destroy it, the FBI decided, nah, I think we'll keep it. And they, they kept it until they got sued. So, yeah, all you guys law enforcement out there, I love you guys on the bottom end. You guys that are out there beating the streets, answering the radio, going after the true bad guys, getting in there and mixing it up. So much respect for you guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah, Your boss's boss's boss, I'd like to punch half of them in the (laughs) nose. I share the same respect for the people that are out on the streets in law enforcement. You don't get paid enough for what you do. You're doing these days probably one of the toughest jobs that you could ever ask to do, and uh, and it's terrible. We I back the blue, you yeah. back the blue, yeah. right? And cop uh, on the street, I yeah. got gotcha. you. Yeah, <laughs> you might we, help. Let me know. I'll help we, you out. We support you somehow, Ben. I don't think it would be too difficult to figure out that the FBI is not destroying those records. I don't know. It'd probably take a Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, and. I hope some of those companies, uh, hope some of the people that are helping us are doing their due diligence. Yeah. You know, but with NRA kind of going defunct and having all their problems, they ain't helping us anymore. No, so let's get off my conspiracy theory. So back to, <laughs> back to constitutional, Kerry. 
I think it's really cool. Uh, I support it. I know that here in this state, in Texas, many, maybe many other states, there are probably a lot of concealed carry instructors, which I used to be one, that aren't so happy. Some of them that were doing well, making a lot of money, licensing people to carry. They're probably going to lose some business over it. Yes, they are. And they're going to have to do something else. They're going to have to be good at their craft. I have a friend at work at my new job. She actually found out that I'm a shooter and stuff, and she asked me if I could help her. And she failed her her LTC class. And I was like, well, who was your instructor? Where were they? Because I wanted to know who it was because I was going to go, what the heck? You know, it, I, and I, I boast, not because of me, but because how easy the test is. Yeah. I could take somebody that's never fired a gun before and during the test, coach them enough to get through the to pass the I test. I was just going to say just that easy. If somebody failed the shooting test, that's kind of hard to do. Well, the instructor, they, she was only in three people in the class. The instructor didn't help her, give her anything else. She went through the whole test, all fifty rounds in whatever it is, six or seven stages, eight stages of fire, because it's six rounds a piece. So you can do the math on that. And the instructor goes, "Well, you failed." you have to try again later. Come back when you're ready. <laughs> that was the quote from right. her. That, and I'm like, what the heck? So, What kind of an instructor is that? That's the you one know? that's now out of business as a CHL instructor. But that's also the CHL instructors. Back when Arizona went constitutional carry, the CHL instructors in Arizona got together and tried to fight the law tooth and nail. And it was all about money. That's all it was. And then somebody did a... You know somebody did a follow-up study on Arizona? And after... After... The license went away after a couple years. Training actually went up. More people were getting training after the license went away than before. Interesting. I think it's really that people see that here's the government minimum standard. All I have to do is meet that, and I'm good enough. And then they don't want to do anything else because I'm good enough. But then when you go to a real instructor and you go, oh, I don't know how to use this thing. I'll go find an instructor, and you find an instructor um, like Bob or myself or... Bunch of other, there, we could go down the list of people we know personally that are just awesome instructors. They go, a new person goes to shoot with them and figures out, I don't know, snot. Yeah. I better come back and do this a couple more times to figure this thing out so that I don't shoot myself. I don't shoot my family. I'm not a danger to myself. I'm only a danger to the bad guys. And for you guys that don't listen to my show, I define a bad guy as somebody that's actively trying to illegally kill or maim somebody else. And for those of you who don't listen to Ben's show, you should be listening. Go subscribe there right now, modernselfprotection.com. Speaking of some of the other instructors, I want to give some free advertising because I've taken their classes and they're outstanding. First of all, let me talk about Carl Wren up in Central Texas. Uh, check him out, Carl, R-E-H-N-K-R-Training.com. And Masada Yub, I've taken his classes Tom Givens, taking his classes. Take Tom's class, not for the shooting, but just to listen to him talk. Listen to him talk. so yeah. smart. When it comes well, the shooting's stuff. pretty good, too, but yes. Shooting's he good. is an amazing wealth of information. So is Mass Ayub. And if you want to learn, if you can't make it to our class that we're going to be doing, which we're going to be talking about two of them, uh, any of the Gabe Suarez classes will teach you how to fight as well. Gabe teaches, all his instructors teach good classes. Yep, they, they teach. Of those. Exactly. And um, so uh, let's take this opportunity for just a minute. Let's talk about our classes. Ben kind of, it's kind of like a once a year thing that we've kind of set up now. 
Once a year, Ben and I invite you to San Antonio and Dallas. Come to Texas and train with us. We have a new class we're going to teach. Yeah, we're going to be teaching pistol fighting dynamics. And I'm not sure what else we should call it, but it's all going to be about movement. Movement is life. Movement is how you get off the axe. Movement is all of this stuff. And, you know, I look back and there's a somebody wrote a book on it now. And all these other instructors are starting to get it. These guys that are coming from the... The competing world, they're starting to talk about it. you got to be able to shoot on the move or you're just not going to be able to compete because you can't move fast enough, stop, and then shoot, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, hmm, Bob and I have been talking about that for almost a decade for now. Almost, actually, for a decade. And it's how... We've been look, teaching it for that long, time. And I look at how long it takes people to catch on with new techniques that come out in the shooting world. Yeah. And it's probably about a decade because i remember starting to talk about that in 2008 2009 as a contractor overseas i came back from overseas and you and i linked up and i remember i was thinking about it our first interview you did of me i talked about that 2010 move draw shoot and if you can shoot while you're moving because you're harder to hit and that was yeah so that was 11 years ago that we've been talking about this and the only one i knew it was doing it before at that time was Gabe Suarez. Right. And now there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of us like you and I and a bunch of small instructors out there doing it. And now it's like catching on. Oh my gosh, finally. And you know, Gabe Suarez's classes where I first learned to move, draw and shoot. First one I took was taught by a guy named uh, Glenn Matthews. I went to Tyler, Texas that was back in 2010. And I, I you know, took a bunch of them from John Payne. I taught with the Suarez team for a while. And you and I have been teaching it for quite a long time. So is this, these two classes we got coming up, Ben, are they for beginners? They're for intermediate level people. Because okay. all we're going to be doing is shooting on the move. And you and I define an intermediate class as somebody that tells us that they can draw from the holster and safely shoot targets. And they know how the gun works. They can reload. They can load their own magazines. They have a basic knowledge of how the firearm works. That's going into our intermediate. If you can't draw from the holster, if you don't know how to load your magazine, if you're not sure how the gun works, if you can't hit the target, and I say hit the target, I'm talking about passing like the Texas CHL course. Or wherever state you're from. Or whatever state you're from. If you can pass that course and you can draw from the holster safely and hit a target, you can come to our class. It'll be perfect for you. If you're an advanced shooter, you would love this class because we we let you off the reins. There's not many reins that we put on people. Most of the shooting drills are individual, so you can move and shoot as fast we as you can. We are safe, though, I'll say that. But there's no... Most of the other classes that I've been to when we move and shoot, we're all in one line. We all have to move together. We're all linked in. We're all... All this stuff. We don't And do I'm that. just like, go. Be fast. Yeah, I want to add to this, though. Ben and I are very much sticklers on safety. <laughs> you will be very safe. And you will learn these techniques. I think this is also for an intermediate shooter, don't you? Yeah, that's what I said, intermediate. Uh, Yeah, we are... You probably won't find somebody that's more anal retentive about the firearm safety stuff than me. (laughs) We go to competitions and a couple of the... Couple of the range safety officers yeah. are not as safe as I want them to be, yeah. and it aggravates the crap out of me. They're like this stuff and that stuff. I mean, even you know, even three gun now, Bob. Have you seen that? Yes. So the rifle is not a rifle until you touch it with a magazine. 
which means you can point that thing any way you want. You can you can strap it over your back. You can run with it with the muzzle facing uprange. You can run with it, the muzzle facing at yourself or the SO or anything else. It's not considered a firearm, and the 180 rule doesn't click in until you touch it with a magazine because they always run with the gun unloaded, which is probably good since you're pointing that damn thing everywhere, but it makes really, really bad habits. A firearm is always a firearm and we never pointed anything we don't intend to shoot except for the stuff that you know when we're doing dry practice and some of that stuff but and even if your gun's unloaded it's loaded it's a bad always treated as if it's loaded it doesn't matter how many times you've checked it and somebody else has checked it for the purpose of building good habits treated as if it's loaded yeah. so they i think they they go bad habits on that stuff well it's yeah. all timed and everything else so either you can see how anal retentive I am about these rules. I see the three gun guys and they are incredible shooters. A lot of them are better shooters than me, but they are putting that thing over their backs and running. And when they get to the stage, they grab it by the bottom of the butt stack and they flip it all the way around 180 degrees, points to everybody behind them and then comes up in front of them. And then they load the magazine and then they go to work. Yeah. yeah. I get, I don't know. I've been flagged enough times in my life. I generally get insulted when somebody is pointing a gun at me. So Yeah, I do that. too. So our classes are September 25th and 26th in San Antonio. We actually go up to a little town called Balverde, and there's a range there called Cedar Ridge Range. It's, yep. about, uh, it's about a 30-minute drive north of San Antonio. So I think it's 30 minutes from the airport even. Yeah, so yeah, 30 minutes from the airport. So all you fellow Texans... It, this is going to be easy to get to if you're in South Texas. So 25th and 26th, it's a two-day class. You get both of us as an instructor. Yeah, and if you and, want to fly in, we'll help you with the hotels and where to stay. Yep, yeah. There's a couple good ones that we know. And by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point something out. I don't know too many classes where you get two real good instructors for the price of one. Yeah. And that's what we offer. Uh, and then we're going to go to Dallas. Uh, uh, actually, not really Dallas. Waxahachie. Just Which south is, of Dallas. Yeah, it's North Texas, it's but it's about 45-minute drive south from, of Texas, I was right? I say 45 minutes south of the airport there. In south of, uh, of the airport there. And uh, so North Texas, South Texas, take your pick. Come see us for two days. Train with us. And I can almost bet that anywhere you live in America, there is a direct flight from your, your airport of choice to Dallas-Fort Worth because it's one of the biggest hubs. And the Dallas class is going to be October 16th and 17th. And the weather should be awesome. Yeah, the weather will be good. So within about 24 hours from this recording, we're going to have links on our websites. We're going to have sign-up links so you can go there and sign up. Somehow, some way. Yeah, we'll have them up there. <laughs> we'll have them up there. And uh, So go to handgunworld.com or go to modernselfprotection.com. Sign up for either our San Antonio or our North Texas class. Uh, come spend two days. We will definitely make it worth your while. And Everybody that's ever taken one of our classes has said it's worth the time, worth the money. It is worth the time. And we know right now it's going to be worth the ammo, too. Even the last ammo shortage that we did it in, what, 2012? Last year. Last year. Well, we did one yes, last year, too. And then in 2012 when we did all those classes yep. during that ammo shortage in 2013, the great ammo shortage. Um, I'm starting to see ammo again. Yeah, so, yeah I'm starting yeah, to see ammo again. It's and not at a, cheap, but it's there. At a lowering price. I'm going to describe it that way. <laughs> it's been at an insane price, but now it's at a lower insane price. 
So, and then most of the drills, you'll be able to shoot as many as you want. So if you want to fire one or two rounds, you can cut your ammo budget way down. If you want to empty the magazine, you know, you're going to have to add some more money into your ammo budget there. Yeah, you can shoot as much or as little as you want. It really is is your decision. As long as you practice what we teach you during the class, shoot as much or as little as you want. And we encourage you to actually shoot more because there's very few times that you can run up and down the range and test your skills. And if you miss, nobody's going to penalize you for anything. So you can really push your limits to find out where you are and what you can and can't do with a firearm in your hand. Exactly. So back to constitutional carry again for a while. Here in Texas, I think they were working on this for about 10 years. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. And it kept failing and failing and failing. (laughs) Excuse me. But finally they got it through, and uh, there was some pushback, a lot of pushback. But I think it's great because let's talk about the Second Amendment for a minute then. You know, (sighs) the first person I heard say this and make this popular was Ted Nugent talking about He started saying the Second Amendment is my concealed carry permit. And it's true. That is. Should be. It should be. I mean, that's your your concealed carry permit. And any state that forces you to get a license is really infringing on your Second Amendment. It is. And this, yeah, it's the right to keep and bear Bear arms. arms. That's That's what the text meant 200 years ago. And I know we always argue that, well, it was 200 years ago and, you know, people couldn't do, you know, 200 years ago, they owned cannon and artillery pieces like civilians did. You know, now we think about that as the stupidest thing ever. But the War of 1812, the Civil War, a lot of this stuff was fought with civilian owned weapons. And that includes crew serve artillery pieces. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, it wasn't something out of the ordinary. And then back when the Constitution was drafted, they knew that. They knew that. They used them during the Revolutionary War. And you're bringing up a good point, Ben, that I want to talk about. You know, a lot of people, I hate it when people say this. They say, the Constitution gives me the right to own a gun. Well, let me stop and correct that for a minute. The Constitution does not give us very many rights at all. The Constitution protects rights that we already have. And the Constitution stops the government, limits the government... To what they can do to take those rights away from us. Do you agree? Yes. And I I was just thinking right there while you were talking is, where did this come from? At what point did we have to say, mother may I, to the government so we can do something? When, when, when big government people started taking over. Maybe it's the schools. Maybe it was just... Whatever. I don't know what it is, but there shouldn't be... If you're a free person, there shouldn't be, well... Is it okay to do this? Is there a law against it? Yeah. If it's not going to hurt anybody else, right? There shouldn't be a question. You should be able to go out and do it. I say the law, the line is right there where you're going to hurt somebody else. And some of the things we can argue forever on, but you know, the right to swing my face ends at your nose. Pretty much. You know, the founding fathers, their whole intention with the Constitution. And here it is. People can't see this, but here's a little bitty pamphlet. And this, this Constitution is not very big. It's a tiny little pamphlet, little bitty book of 32, 39 pages long. But what this, what this was designed to do was to tell the federal government, hands off of our rights. You can't infringe, not just the Second Amendment, but mainly if you read the first 10 amendments called the Bill of Rights, 
This is telling the government, hands off this stuff. Well, you can't, yo, you can't touch this stuff. And it, we always talk about the amendments, but yeah. the rest of the Constitution was supposed to just give the authority to the federal government for very, very specific little things. Right. And whatever they didn't give the authority to the federal government was left up to the states. Was supposed That's to be. That's the 10th Amendment. Yep. Yes. And so states have every right to allow citizens to constitutionally carry. States are, I mean, I, I should say they're within the law doing that because it says right here in the Second Amendment that no government shall infringe upon that. Yeah. And then we start getting into enumerated rights and all sorts of things. Yeah, whatever. Some, yeah. Of the, some of the stuff that's coming out years and years ago is good. An enumerated right means that the states have to, have to follow that same right. Yeah. So the enumerated first ten amendments. You know, the states shouldn't be able to trample on our right to carry a concealed weapon or bear arms. Yeah, and by the way, let's talk about real quickly, why was the Second Amendment written? You know? <laughs> Maybe because that's how the Revolutionary War started? Yeah, pretty know. much. What were, what were the Founding Fathers trying to... What were they trying to do with the Second Amendment? It seems so simple in history, but I don't understand how lawyers screw it up. Maybe they're just not that Because they have an agenda. But, yeah, it was to keep a tyrannical government from overpowering the citizens. Bingo! And that's what the... Bingo. That's what the the whole Second Amendment was about. Yes. Is so that the government could never take over. And then I love some of our idiot government, government like, well, we got nuclear weapons. How is your small arms ever going to defeat... I don't know. How are they doing in Afghanistan and Iraq right now? How did they do in Vietnam? How did... You know, all these other places where we took heavy hits as American military... You know, hey, what do you think the American people could do too? So that's why. barring the use of m- nuclear weapons, we 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 have the ability to resist. And here's the thing: and that any idiot would suggest using a nuclear weapon on American soil, yeah, for any anything that we can foresee right now. That's called the end. It's yeah, you're talking about the end of times if you're going to yeah. use a nuclear weapon on America. The Second soil. Amendment was to stop tyrannical governments from taking over. That now we have morphed it into self-defense right we've i think we have kind of morphed it into that we've created a self-defense right now you and i and everybody listening to this program we have an inherent right to self-defense we have a god-given inherent right to be free and to defend ourselves the second amendment's just saying government you cannot interfere with that you can't but touch them. They but they do with, anyways. They interfere with most of your life. So yeah. one of these days we'll figure it out. And it's probably not by voting the politicians out. I don't know. If we started cycling them out every four years, no matter who they were, we might have a different different thing. Yeah, we might. But so so to everybody listening, um, if you're listening and you're from a state that has constitutional carry, chime in here. Call the voicemail 210-646-1727. Send me an email, send Ben an email, uh, hit our Facebook pages with comments or whatever. Let us know. How's it been going in your state? I bet I bet we're going to hear 100% positive feedback, Ben. Arizona is the only one I've studied a little bit, and I don't see, haven't seen a problem. I have friends there. Arkansas has constitutional carry, I believe. Yeah, for a couple years, though, I think. Not yeah. for a long time. Or Arizona years. for quite some time. Arizona for four or five years now, somewhere in there, three or four. But they went. No blood in the streets, is there? 
Nobody's shooting everybody uh, over parking spots, are they? I don't think They're so. They're not getting in road traffic arguments in uh, <laughs> in Arizona and blasting away at each other, are they? Um, you know, I mean, that, that stuff happens here in Texas even before we passed constitutional carry, road rage and people shooting each other. Yeah, so and it's you not going to change that much. No. I am, I am a little worried about the analysts that are going to come out. So here we are in 2021, the law is going to change, and we're going to have constitutional carry. In September 20, 1. In 2019, here in Texas, just like most of America, was probably the least violent year that we have on record in America. And then 2020 happened... And boy, we flipped the script. And so it's violence is going up. If violence continues to go up, they're going to cherry pick data and see like, oh, see, we changed it and the violence went up. And so are gun sales. <laughs> but, you know, I just, that I feel that coming. So I'm going to give you a little uh, heads up in the future. Two or three years from now, they're going to use the data that crime went up in 2021. It's because... Now any idiot can carry a gun. You're right. They're going to try to twist that. They're going to try to twist it and say, oh, it's because 21 states now have constitutional carry. That's why it went up, which we all know is a bunch of hogwash. There's so many things that go on the violent crime rate. The only honest, and it was funny, it was under, what was it? It was under Obama when they actually came out with an honest study that said they couldn't find any correlation between guns and and higher rates of crime. Between gun control and... Or, yeah, between the use of guns between, and higher rates of, con- between of the, crime. Yeah, having yes. guns and higher rates of crime. That's couldn't correct. couldn't find any correlation between it either way. Whether we had more guns and less crime, or we had more guns and more crime. They couldn't figure it out either way. That, because so, it doesn't and, exist. But, I don't know, it might, because Obama was in, vehemently against guns. He tried to do that study... To find out that more guns equaled more crime, so but it was he could not do successful. More crap to take them away, right? But it wasn't a successful study. No, and he didn't accomplish his goal. So I don't know if that study was flawed or not, but that seems like the most honest study out there. And I'm the guy that's everybody. Every good person in America should carry a gun because bad people should be afraid of the good people. Well, and think about this: all these attempts now to defund the police all over. Well, if they're successful with that, with defunding the police and stripping the resources of the law enforcement, that makes the ordinary citizens even more on their own. Even more. Yeah. For and longer. Yeah? It's really just going to be for longer. Yeah. You're on your own. You're unless always you, on your own. Unless, unless you have the cop-sized holster that Bob is trying to invent. <laughs> uh, because I can't carry the cop. <laughs> yeah. Keepers, uh, you're, you're listening to him out there, you know, invent that holster. Unless that's actually going on, you're on your own. All these studies and everything I've ever shown, every study I've ever done on any violent crime, you are on your own. Even law enforcement guys out there. Law enforcement out there, for God's sakes, listen to me. Love you guys, I already said it. You guys on the street. You're on your freaking own, too. You've got a radio that goes directly to the dispatcher that all of your buddies can hear. Yes. But you are freaking on your own for a couple minutes at least until they can get there. You're going to have to solve your problem. Whether you're a cop or individual out there, you're going to have to solve your problem and then wait for the cavalry to get there. Or you're going to have to barricade yourself and hold off for right now in San Antonio, it's five minutes. All those places that are getting defunded, it's going to go up to 10 or 20 minutes that you're going to have to hold off and and wait and be able to keep the bad guys at bay until help can get there. That time is just going to double and triple when you call 911. 
Try calling 911 in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. I've done it. You know what you get? Nine out of ten times? What? We're sorry. All dispatchers are busy right now. If you hold yeah. on the line, we'll get to you. Please hold. <laughs> yeah. I've been put on hold by 911. And I was like, you got to be crapping me. And uh, I was put on hold one time because I was trying to... People were stripping the car on the side of the road, and I saw it. And so I called 911. It's just a car burglary. It's not that big a deal. I drove by. I wasn't going to stop and do anything. But when they put me on hold, I hung up. They never called me back. They never checked. They never even wanted to know why I called 911. Why? Not because they're bad people. Because they're too freaking busy. They yeah. don't have enough funding. Now you want to cut the funding everywhere else? The same thing is going to happen. One of my uh, recent listeners emailed me and said he was on like a 42-minute hold oh. with 911. 42 minutes. I mean, you know, you kind of made a reference to to the uh, little slogan I've always said over the years. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. And, and even my buddy Jason at Concealment Solutions, another sponsor of this sh- show, he doesn't even make cop-sized holsters. So... You know, you're not going to find the holster to carry a cop. So if you're going to be on a 42-minute wait, hold, or if you're going to get the recording that you said, you know, I'm sorry, all circuits are busy, please call back an- another time or whatever, you're absolutely freaking on your own. You're on your own. And Michael Bain says that all the time. And more and more so, he's true, and it's right. You are on your own until help can get there. That's all there is. You have to solve your problem. And if it's a shooting problem, yep. you're going to have to shoot it out and you're going to have to win. Because yeah. it's going to take you three seconds to 20 seconds. Long, long shootout is 35 seconds. It's going to take law enforcement five minutes to get there anyways. Yeah. Mass shootings, they're two or three minutes is the average. And law enforcement average response time is five minutes. Yeah. Now let's so. think about this. Five minutes, okay? Let's say, let's, let's be really generous and say that law enforcement can get there in three minutes. All right, let's just use for a minute the three-minute mark. Let's, let's zero in on that. You and I, the other day, we were at the range. And by the way, we have videos of this. It's on the Shooters Club. For all you Shooters Club members, uh, there's going to be two videos. You and I were practicing the 5x5x5 five by five by five drill. We were drawing from the holster, firing five rounds at five yards into a five-inch circle. And I think you and I both, after we warmed up a little bit, we got it under three seconds. It broke the three second mark. Yeah, three seconds now. Now let's compare three seconds to three minutes. Well, let's say a bad guy, maybe he doesn't have as much training as you and I. But let's say his draw from the holster and five rounds is, let's say it's six or seven seconds. We're still talking seconds. Tell him ten. Okay, let's say <laughs> 10, 10 seconds. seconds to get it out of his But the pants. cops take three minutes to get there. How much damage can this bad guy do in three minutes if he can draw and do the 5x5x5 five by five by five drill in 10 seconds? And the average person is probably going to panic fire four rounds a second. Exactly. So even if it takes him 20 seconds to get the gun out, he's going to empty the magazine before a minute has gone by. He's going to, yeah. At so you or into you. We're trying to paint the picture for everybody. You're on your own. That... Well, not only that, not only do you need to own a gun, we're trying to paint the picture. you got to know how to use it. Well, carry the freaking thing, too. Well, carry it, too, <laughs> yes. And especially if you're in one of the constitutional carry states. No more excuses. There's no more excuses if you live in a constitutional carry state for you to not be carrying your gun. We all know Tom Givens harps on that, and he's very good at that in his yeah. classes, talking about it. And 
if you don't know how to use your gun, if you don't really, if you just bought the thing because you're afraid and now you want to know how to use it, get some basic safety instruction, then take the class you and I are teaching. Yeah, go anywhere. Get anywhere. Or go anywhere. You and I are so other instructors that we don't like as much are just like, you got to come to me. I'm the best. There's nobody else. No, no, don't no. Don't go no. to anybody else. We're just not going to say that. No, We're no, not. no. We cannot help everybody out there. We know that. And there is too many good people that need help to carry their gun. Go to, I don't care, any. Like I said, we could go down the list and we could probably sit here for the next 10 minutes and just name people that we know personally across the United States that does this stuff that's good at teaching it. No. So if you don't go to our class... Go to we, somebody's. We really like... We, we would really like... We would like you to come to, to, to our class. class. Yeah. We're a little biased, but... Yes. <laughs> I think our, our one and two day courses are way better than anybody else's. I think they're worth twice what we charge and people walk away. You know what the most satisfying thing is when we do a class? And we get this almost every class. Some student, it might be even two or three, will say things like, I did not know I could shoot like this with my gun. I didn't even know this was possible to do. Or they would say, I didn't know it was possible for me to do this. In two days, we transform their shooting lives. I was going to say it's worth probably three times what we pay for it because there's only one other... charge, yeah. What we charge because there's only one other instructor out there that by day one or two, you're actually moving on the range. Right. And everybody else, that's class number two or class number three. Or four or whatever. Where, yeah. So you have to buy three, four, ten days of instruction before you get to that shooting part. And you know, as an advanced guy and been doing this for 25 years now, I really want to take instruction from everybody. And no, I don't want to take your entry to handgun 101. Right. Because I'm just... The only reason I've been taking those... In the last 10 years is because I want to see how other people do it so I can do it better. Right. But other than that, I don't want to take entry to gun 101. No. This is how you load a magazine. This is how it goes in a gun. Right. I, come on. You're wasting my time. Let right. me just take your level two class. Let's exactly. Come take our one, level. On level two. So this yep. is more like a level two class where you can come and you can skip the... This is how what a gun is. This is the dangerous end. This is we're gonna always go over safety, but you don't have to go through all that. You just come out of the range. We, you can shoot. Yeah, you're good. You're you're an intermediate level shooter. Get out on the range with us. We'll make sure you're safe. We'll make sure you learn a bunch of stuff, and then that's how you save a lot of money without going and have to do. I mean, <coughs> crap. I think one of the biggest schools in America. This is day five for them. Day four or day five? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I, I also want to say that that um, we have discounts available for people who are past graduates because this is going to be a different class. If you've already taken our Beyond Concealed Carry, pistol fighting dynamics is going to be different. You get a discount. If you're a member of the Shooters Club that you and I have, you also get a discount. And if you're an early bird, check on our website. You'll find the early bird registration dates. You'll get a discount. So three ways to get a discount on this class. And if you want to get the Shooters Club discount, you also want to get some benefits of our videos, our instructional videos, go to ShootersClubMembers.com, sign up for 8 bucks a month or $75 a year. I always say the videos are the next best thing. Uh, you know, And you, have, you just put a dry fire class on there, didn't yeah. you? A little while ago, I put a dry fire class up there. And if you do that dry fire class, you'll be a better shooter. All you got to do is the five days, five things that are on there, you'll be a better shooter. We have about 80... I think the last I counted, Ben, we got about 86 or 87 videos. I think they keep and, going up. And we decided that we want to do more of our classes on there. So yeah, and there's 12 or 13 customized audio podcasts 
We got guests like Masada Yub and Spencer Keepers and John Payne and Greg Nichols and Brent Yamamoto and all kinds of the, all those people have contributed to our Shooters Club. John Adine, Dr. John Adine, Doctor Adine's on. That's there. one of my favorite audios that we did for the Shooters Club. Yep. Was why the pelvis shot is not. Really oh, that's right. Great. The myth, the myth of the pelvic shot. I always hated that's that thing. Un, yeah, hated. I still hate that. If you tell me, you know, two in the chest and one in the pelvis to stop them. Yeah. Maybe if he's got body armor and a full helmet on, and he's you're you have his he's got his back to you. <laughs> I mean, there's there's always I'll never say never. Well, I'm going to take exception to that unless you're shooting a 45 ACP. That's always a one shot stop, right? <laughs> right. That's that's Thor's hammer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Isn't 45 Thor's hammer? That's a one shot, knock them over, flip them backwards four times, just like they do in the old west. If you in got a movies. big old forty five, right? Just like the movies. I'm I'm being sarcastic because yeah. there are still people that believe that junk. Forty five nine millimeter with good ammo. I like no what difference. you call. What do you call a forty five? A big slow dumb bullet. <laughs> a big slow dumb bullet. I love it. Because it does dumb dumb things when it hits hard <laughs> objects. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about. You need to come to do some more training because you don't know what your round will do and you, if you carry a 45. If you carry a 9mm, you don't really care what a 45 does. You carry a 9mm, you need to know what a 9mm will do. So yeah. all this stuff is good to learn. And you can, <laughs> you can take my idiotism. If you need that round to stop in something, it's probably going through. If you yeah. need that round to stop in something, if you don't need it to go through, or if you want it to go through, it's probably not. Yeah. If you need it to... If you need it to stop, it's probably going through. <laughs> so. And we also um, we also shoot a lot of steel in our classes, which you don't get to do that very often. No. And the really cool thing about shooting steel is you get the instant audio feedback that you made a hit. You know, you hear the, the steel, bing, and you know you made a hit. Yep. And, you know, we were doing it, and now a couple studies have come out that you have this negative reaction going on in front of your face. You fire a gun. Yeah. For a normal person, and until we get acclimated to it and it takes a long time, you have an explosion going off in your hands. Yeah. Loud noise, big flash. A significant recoil, explosion. Recoil, 25,000 PSI. You know, all this stuff is bad juju. And as humans, we've been ingrained over our lifetime to go, ah, loud noise, get away. You know, it means something bad. So you have to get over that. And it takes time. But you have to overcome that, and the only way to overcome that is to get instant feedback that, no, this isn't bad, this is good. And somebody did a study, and it needs like less than a second if you don't get that feedback. It still gets in there that you're having something bad happen. So when you fire that round, and it goes bang, clang. Now you got the positive feedback. You got feedback. your instant positive feedback. Right, right. So you go, oh, this isn't so bad. This and we've isn't seen so guys, because yeah. we've had to do it on paper where we can't take steel with us to yeah. do our class. We love yeah. to use steel. We take our own steel so we can do it. When we do it on steel, we see the students progress so much faster. And the class moves so much faster. So yeah. we love steel because you know it hit. And, yeah, most people don't use it because there is a danger inherent in using steel. And if you use the wrong we steel, we know how to do it correctly. Problems. And we and, use the right steel. Yeah, there's all sorts of things. And there's a bunch of steel that we won't use when we've gone to places and seen their steel and they're oh we could use that yeah you know what we're on paper this weekend <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well to wrap this up so so we both kind of feel that the, that the constitutional carry was was a good idea and long overdue right yeah especially for texas we're supposed to be the ones that carry guns all the time we're supposed yeah ask anybody <laughs> by the way if, if if you've never been to texas or never lived here not everybody rides horses and carries six shooters 
Or has a hat. Or has a hat. Okay. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, I, had, I used to have some relatives that had never been here. And they literally thought <laughs> that, you know, what they saw in the movies was what Texas was like. But we're not. We have big cities. We have big cities. We have modern cities. Right. We have yeah. modern cars. Yeah, we, we have do co- things like podcasts. We do, yeah, <laughs> and we do have computers. Yeah, and iPhones and everything. And else. And we like got iPhones. Yeah, yeah. We even have you know electric cars and everything. <laughs> so we're kind of you know we're not a bunch of country hicks that that are still living back in the fifties, are we? We're catching up with Tesla moving. We're, out here. Yeah, we're starting. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We are a free state. So come to Texas and and train with us. Bring your high capacity magazines. They're legal here. They're welcome here. Oh, shame on me. Normal capacity <laughs> magazines. They're not high capacity. They're normal capacity. You, if you come from a slave state, we'll probably have some magazines we can loan you. Yes. That actually have 17 or 15 rounds in them or whatever your gun is designed to carry. Well, we do. We got some of those. We got some of those for the poor people that live in less, less free York. states. Yeah, less free states. If you want to come. Oh. Uh, well, good, Ben. Thanks for, thanks for doing this constitutional carry discussion. Yeah, I was meaning to do one, and it's always good to get together with you. You know, we don't do lunch anymore. We used to do we lunch. We need to do lunch. And we used to be able to just set the recorder on the table, and you'd hear all these great discussions we had about tactics, different guns. Or we used to eat carry. lunch and then jump in my Handgun World mobile studio and just into re- my truck and do a And recording. redo the conversation that we and, had and at re- lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but now we're doing it in nice air-conditioned, ceiling fan-operated home studio a little bit quieter uh, a little bit quieter a little bit better setting so thanks for coming on ben i well, appreciate it thanks for having me i love coming on your show all of your listeners are awesome yeah, well so are yours so sign up for ben's show modernselfprotection.com check out my youtube channel uh for those of you who are patreons i just put a new video up there uh i just put some new links on my amazon store some products i've been testing check that out over there And that's it. So, Ben, you got any closing thoughts? Carry your gun always. Be safe. Pay attention. Don't let the bad guy scare you. You need to be scarier than the bad guy. It works for me. Yeah, it works for me, too. Folks, thanks for listening to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I'm Bob Main. Remember, shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Good.